Hello, I'm Amber Lauva and welcome to another episode of Fashion Avenue. One thing I really love focusing on with this podcast is supporting Aussie brands and I'm so excited to have another iconic Aussie brand for you this episode. Today I'm chatting to Emma Stubbs, designer and buyer for iconic Aussie brand Bras and Things. Bras and Things are expert in fit and have over 30 years experience. They also offer an extensive lingerie range from A through to H cup and sizes 8 to 22. Bras and things also include everyday bras, fashion or sexy lingerie, full cup bras, sleepwear, swimwear, shapewear and sports bras. The list goes on. I chat to Emma about her background in the lingerie industry, what it's like working at Bras and Things and all about their focus on women's empowerment. If you'd like to hear all of that and much more, then make sure you keep on listening to this episode of Fashion Avenue. Emma, thank you so much for joining me on Fashion Avenue. How are you? Hi, Amber. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited as well. I'm very interested in your career and everything that you do at Bras and Things. First of all, can you tell me about how you started in the lingerie industry? Oh, it's a funny story, actually. Um, I wanted to be a writer. um, And then, as fate would have it, I stumbled into a job as a bra fitter when I just turned 16. And um, I didn't actually expect it, but it became... I, I literally loved working as a bra fitter. It was one of the most rewarding jobs that I've ever done. And um, I worked in a team with a group of women and the energy was truly infectious. They were so keen to help women and assist them um, in fittings and, you know, passing on their experience. And I just loved it. So I actually said, I don't want to be a writer anymore. I wanted to do lingerie. Um, and I was lucky that the team that I worked with were super supportive and they suggested to me on maybe going to lingerie design but I had literally no background in art I was terrible at art um, and they recommended a course for me to do um, at university one it's called De Montfort University in England and it's really like world renowned and they said it's a hard one to get onto but if you did an art foundation course you'd be able to do that and they made it sound easy enough so I applied to this art foundation course quite naively. Um, and when I got there, the tutor basically said, you know, why should I take you over someone who's done art before and they've known that this is their passion for a long time? Um, and that threw me a bit because honestly, I was truly terrible at drawing or sewing or <laughs> had no, no background whatsoever. And simply my answer was, I'll just, I'll work so hard because I've basically seen the impact that um, you know lingerie can actually have on a woman and her confidence and her self-image you know and her comfort in her own skin and I'm super passionate about it so I managed to get onto the course um, much to my surprise after a lot of begging um, and then I was terrible on the course I was really bad because I just didn't didn't have the experience in it but I did just work hard and then yeah eventually I ended up on a university course which was specifically designed only That is so interesting and I love that you were able to actually then I guess specialize in lingerie and I know that you had quite the experience interning as well so can you tell me a bit about that as well? Yes we're in our second year at university Um, obviously all students 
are encouraged to do an internship. And I'm actually from quite a small town in England. But a lot of the internships, there's actually quite a lot of opportunities in England because there's quite a lot of independent brands. Um, But they're all based in London. So when I was looking at the cost to commute from my town or where my university was to London, it was super expensive. So I actually decided if I was going to pay for it, um, the world was my oyster. And I literally started applying for internships all over the world. Wow. (laughs) Um, I I, I didn't really think about, you know, where if anywhere would take me or that. I just went on a whim and thought I'd try my luck. And somehow I ended up getting an internship with a brand in New York called Kiki de Montpernay. And it was honestly one of the best experiences of my life. I had I had such a great time. It was such a great learning curve for me coming from a small town and then having to go and be independent and work my way around New York. And it was expensive. It did cost me a fair bit of money. Mm-hmm. But it would have cost me a lot of money doing it in London. Um as well so I thought I may as well get the experience doing it overseas because I knew I always knew that was ambition that I wanted to go overseas yeah god I love that I love that you were just like looking everywhere I I love that you were just not scared to go and do it that's that's awesome young and ambitious yeah and do you have any advice I guess for interning or interning in this industry specifically I would say think about for me the experience the main benefit for me is when I came to apply for jobs overseas the fact that I had already done an internship overseas it really put me above head and shoulders above the other candidates so I think about what you actually want to get from the internship with regard to your resume Um, because the reality of a lot of internships is you're getting coffees and running running errands so (laughs) I think you have to think you have to think of the bigger picture of you know how it will play to an advantage of what you're trying to achieve with you know your direction of where you want to go with companies absolutely and yeah that's such great advice and I feel like interning is something you really need to put so much into as well it's not super easy I know my experiences with interning you know you kind of get thrown in the deep end and you just got to give it a go Um, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah you have to be passionate so yeah I love that advice and you were then headhunted was it for a job in Hong Kong or was it just to intern more so so, um the university that I went to they basically have a graduate scheme um, which was, I was super fortunate that they have that available. Yeah. And um, when you finish your third year and you do a final collection, it gets shown at a catwalk in London called Graduate Fashion Week. That's a great opportunity for you know young designers who've just finished um, university to you know showcase their collections basically. And from that, the, a company in Hong Kong um, shortlisted some of us to interview, um, and then I started the interview process and. I do honestly believe the reason I got the job was based on my internship experience because, you know, when they asked me questions like, would you be willing to relocate and do you think you'll be able to cope? It was easy for me to say, yes, I will, because I've already done it. Yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, I moved to Hong Kong. I was lucky that I moved with three of three women who were in my year and the three of us are out there. Um, oh, and it was basically manufacturers in Hong Kong. Oh my God, how exciting. And so what did you learn during that time and what was your role, I guess? What were you doing? So I went over as a designer um, and basically how it works for a manufacturer is you work with a lot of brands and then you're the kind of middleman to um, the designer of a brand and then internally for the manufacturer, you create designs and you kind of pitch them to the brand's designers and then they pick up ideas that they like And then you work with your internal team to set up the production, to agree the costs, 
um, material, things like that. So for me, coming straight out of university, literally fresh off the boat, it was amazing because I got exposure to work with some really high profile brands. I got to travel a lot. And also the work ethic in Hong Kong is intense. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up a good work ethic, which is definitely a bonus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved it over there. It was, it was a super great experience. Wow, that's so great. And and what challenges, I guess, did you face during that time? Okay, any? well, the obvious thing is um, they speak. English isn't the first language. Yes. <laughs> Most people in Hong Kong speak really great English. I was very fortunate for that, but they'll either speak Cantonese or Mandarin. So a lot of the meetings that I would sit in wouldn't always be, we wouldn't always be able to understand English elements of it. So right. that was definitely something that we had to uh, adapt to. And we, we, you know, we had lessons for language, but it was also really great to work with another culture um, and pick up, you know, some of their, like for example, everyone that I worked with, they were so hardworking. So yeah, it was really amazing. Oh, that's great. And then obviously we spoke about the challenges, but what was maybe the most rewarding part of your experience in Hong Kong? Um, honestly, like the, the job, for me in Hong Kong I absolutely loved and I think that because the the work ethic there is so intense um, you know there's a lot of overtime there's really high expectations I felt like the experience that I gained in a really small amount of time really put me ahead in my career um, and yeah it, it's it's such a crazy city like it's definitely the definition of work hard play hard wow. <laughs> uh, so yeah I loved it I met some great people I, you know I made really met, got a lot of experiences in the company got to travel a lot it was for me at my age it was just the perfect um, step in the right direction for my career absolutely and then you moved to Australia with a role with bras and things and so how did that come about so I was in Hong Kong for I think it's four years um, and I basically wanted to actually be the designer that would see the product through to the end of production. So I didn't just want to pass it off to another brand. I wanted to basically have like control mm-hmm. um, of the, you know, the final design. So I started looking out of Hong Kong because there isn't much of that available in Hong Kong. And I also did want to find a brand where there was more of a work-life balance yep. um, because I was just tired, to be honest, after four years in Hong Kong. <laughs> um, and then the obvious one for me was Australia because everyone talks about how the culture here is, you know, you still work really hard, but the companies care about you, yeah. you know, being healthy, being active, and there being a balance of life, things like that. And so how did you then, what was the role that you applied for, and then how did you get it? So what's interesting about the role at Brasa Things, it's, I've never come across it in my life. It's, normally, you're either a designer or you're a buyer. Whereas the role at Bras and Things merges the two of them together. Um, so at first it was super daunting for me because I didn't have any experience in the buying role. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just previously a designer. So I came and my boss basically took me on a trip to Hong Kong and we met all of our suppliers and I basically shadowed her and learned the role of a buyer. But in hindsight, it's amazing having these two roles merge because it means you get complete ownership of a design and you're able to make decisions. Whereas sometimes if you're a, if you're a designer, you have to pass your design onto a buyer, and then they make changes. So right. obviously, with this role being merged, you get you know get complete ownership of it, which is really great. That's amazing! What a great role. And so, how long have you been in that yeah. role for now? Uh, two and a half years now, rather than things. Oh, very good. How exciting! <laughs> and so, tell me about your day to day life with bras and things. So um, it depends what point we're at in our season, but mm-hmm. at the moment, for example. We just signed off 
um, on our trends. So what will happen is our product team will come together. It's super collaborative. Everyone brings their ideas. And when I say ideas, I don't necessarily just mean like um, design ideas. I mean, you know, so social, cultural context, things like that. And we discuss what we want to be our key messages for the product that we're going to design. Um, so obviously that really plays into our kind of brand messaging about catering for all women and inclusivity. And then we will go away and design the product. So we all, there's different categories within the team and then there's little teams for each of those categories. Mm-hmm. And we do something called tech packs, which is basically where you sketch up a design um, and create a CAD on Illustrator. Yep. And then you label all of the um information to send to our suppliers so the construction the fabrication the colorways and then we get the designs back and then we negotiate the cost with our suppliers um we negotiate the delivery there's a lot of back and forth we speak to our suppliers every day we have really great relationships with them um and then finally we have a range presentation to management where we basically showcase the product talk about why it's new why we think it's going to sell why we want to back it and then yeah, once it's signed off, we begin our fitting process. So we have a, an amazing team of fit technicians and they basically have sample rounds um, and they work to a time frame of when we have to get it ready for market. Wow. Um, and then within that time, we also kind of liaise with marketing and uh, discuss like the key features that we want to call out, but also discussing how we're going to um, promote it in a way that relates back to our um, ethos of you know being many things to do catering to all women basically yeah absolutely and how do you I guess like to work with trends and put your own spin on things like how do you like to I guess come up with what you think could work for a new collection so with regards to um, like purely aesthetic I basically the one of the categories that I handle is called BAMP and the customer for Vamp loves a bit of bling. She loves hardware and diamantes and rings and zips and all mm-hmm. sorts. So I will start by collecting images that inspire me. And quite often I look at like shoes or handbags, you know, yep. items that have like interesting, um, you know, zips or clasps or things like that. And then quite often, you know, just what I've seen on Instagram or on films, interesting styling. And I'll just create a mood board um, and then start designing from there. I love that. And I love that you were looking at, you know, shoes and bags as well, because obviously you can look at the fun hardware that you can transfer over to lingerie. And that's what I love about fashion is like there's no limit. Yeah. I love that. It's so exciting. And so if we're going to, I guess, you know, the ethos of bras and things and talking about how much, you know, underwear has really evolved. You know, they used to be like torture devices back in the day. Um, And I actually read somewhere, I think it was in like 1910, this socialite created the first bra by sewing like two handkerchiefs together. It's just so interesting. And um, especially, I guess, what you can get away with this, you know, these years versus way earlier so how does bras and things keep up with the times and and change with the times i think the most kind of monumental change that's happened within the laundry industry is the message that is conveyed so obviously a few years ago it was all about unattainable airbrushed perfection and you know conforming to very unrealistic standards of beauty yeah. um, and i think that one thing that bras and things is harnessed amazingly is 
capturing this idea of um, catering to all women and creating product that allows all women to express every version of themselves. So what's great is if you go into our store, we've got strapless bras, sportswear, sleepwear, fun um, underwear, sexy underwear that makes you feel empowered. And it means that you can go in in whatever mood you're in, there is something there for you. Um, and it really ties back to our brand um, strategy, which is about you know, catering to all women, whether that's if you're feeling sunny or silly or geeky or sexy. And I just think that's a really nice message because you don't want to, I think, previously in marketing, quite often you would just consider one version of a woman, whereas now mm. we're really looking to celebrate all the different versions of her. Yeah, and all different shapes and sizes as well, which I exactly. love. Yeah, and I love that bras and things actually, you know, they do cater for a range of sizes and shapes. And why, I, I guess, in your opinion, why do you think it's important to offer that, but not only, I guess, you as a designer, but also bras and things as a brand? I think basically you have to represent the versatility of everyday life and you have to consider when you have you know a model on a billboard if it only caters to one very very small um demographic of society Mm. it's it's not empowering is it whereas if you've got the diversity on show that women can walk past and they can see that and they can say oh that would look nice on me because it looks nice on her and i relate to her um and that's definitely that something that Bars and Things stands for. And we get a lot of feedback from our customers um, regarding, you know, our online platforms and our message. And it's so overwhelmingly positive. And it's great to see the effect that it has on women. For example, um, on a Monday, we have a segment in our kind of business meeting where we do a voice of a customer. And we had one last Monday and a woman wrote in and she basically said, you know, she had seen um, the recent imagery on our Instagram and it made her feel empowered because she could relate to it and it made her feel seen. And, you know, obviously across the business, that's the end goal for all of us. So it makes it very worthwhile when you get feedback like that. Oh, that's lovely. And I guess as a designer, that must make you feel really good. Yeah, 100%. Whenever we design, um, like I said, it's super collaborative at the start. We all sit and we think about what our end goal is and what the key objectives are that we want to hit within the product and we always talk about the customer as a person and how there's so many different versions of her that we need to cater to and it really you know it goes across the whole business in making sure that she's considered in the design in the marketing um so yeah it's I think it's a great stance for a brand to have Totally. And I love that Brass and Things really does focus on women's empowerment, especially with your hashtag support your girls. I love that. So what's it like working with a brand for you that is such a champion for women? Honestly, I have never worked for a company that's not only just such a champion for women, but is so considerate towards um, their staff. Like the whole company's culture is revolved around the welfare of their staff it, you know it's so it's so nice they really listen to feedback internally externally they put you at the forefront of of their concern when they make decisions it, yeah it's an, it's an amazing company to work for 
Oh, that's lovely. I love hearing that. It's it's so nice, obviously, and being, you know, a iconic Aussie brand as well. And it's so great that, you know, we can relate to something that's, you know, homegrown here and something that supports all shapes and sizes and has a great message behind it. And obviously the designs are amazing, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> Been a fan for many years since I was in high school. Um Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> there's always been a brass and things at my, you know, my local Westfield and so yeah, I've always been a fan and, and gone in and, and yeah just it really is very iconic in Australia isn't it when I first moved here I didn't know loads about the brand because yep. you know I was English and then I could to Hong Kong but I'd been looking into the brand as I was um, getting the job there and then when I came here and I met people and I said I'm working for bars and things they're like oh my god <laughs> like, it's so it's just such a it resonates with everyone doesn't it from all different ages and walks of life it's really that homegrown iconic Aussie brand (laughs) it is oh my god I feel like you couldn't no one would ever say they didn't know it it's just (laughs) you have to live under a rock to not know brass exactly (laughs) I love that and so if we're talking about bra fitting what aspects are important when we think about what a perfect bra should you know fit like um so our store team are actually amazing at fitting. They've got over 30 years of experience there. Truly, truly amazing. So I would say if you haven't been measured, definitely go in and they will be able to help you. Awesome. It honestly differs um, for everyone. Obviously, the main factors are fit, comfort and support. So, you know, you want to make sure that your wires are sitting flat on you and they're not digging in. Your straps aren't too uncomfortable. You know, you've got the right coverage. Um but then it also can be fun and it can be fashionable and, you know, you can wear it as you want a push-up, you know, you want a nice cleavage for a night out or yeah. you want to wear something as an outerwear piece. So I think it's really specific to the person. But obviously, the core value as is that it is comfortable and it gives you support. Totally. Good advice. And I like that, you know, we can go into a store or, you know, jump online and get that help as well, which is awesome. Makes it so easy. And, you know, the daunting, I guess, feeling of being like, oh, God, I I don't know what size I am. It's good that you can get the help. You know, know, I think a bra fitting experience for most people is daunting because, you know, you have to go in in a vulnerable state. But truly, it's such a, from my experience as a bra fitter and from knowing what our team of bra fitters are like they just really really want to help you and it can be you know very emotional um but the end goal is always to help someone come out feeling more confident than they went in absolutely and I love that and it, it's a fun experience too you know and get to try on different styles it as can well. be you know what? when I was a bra fitter, I used to make friends with people all the time because <laughs> It's very intimate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're trying rather than going, oh, my boobs are good in this one. So it's, <laughs> it can be quite fun. <laughs> you become like everyone's best friend because you're literally exactly. doing what a friend would do. <laughs> exactly. I love that. And in your opinion, how often should we be replacing our bras and undies? So it depends. Obviously, most bras stay on them hand wash only. I'm pretty bad at that. This is awful of me to admit because I'm a designer, but I always throw them in the washing machine and I always tumble dry them. If our store team <laughs> could hear me say that, they'd be mortified. So I have to replace mine um, quite often. And also because I, I just love buying underwear, I yeah. have quite a frequent cycle of new designs coming in. So it really depends. You know, if you're wearing the same bra every day, 
you'd need to replace it quicker. But if you've got a selection um, and you've got them all on a kind of cycle, it won't be won't be too bad. But if you get a good quality bra, it should definitely last you, you know, a considerable amount of time. Bras and things quality is like a, it's amazing. Um, and we've got some bras that have been in the range for years. And you have really loyal customers that come back into the store, and that's the only bra that they'll buy because they know that it fits and that they can. We've got one for an example. It's called Sapphire, and it's been in the business forever. And it's our literally the customer loves it, but it has such a loyal following because you know they know the quality and they know the fit. That's great. God, that's amazing. I love how people can just come together with bras. It just makes the world a beautiful (laughs) place. I'm all about it. Uh, And so do you have a favourite collection to date or a favourite style? um, So for the category that I've designed, um, there was one called Treat Me Like Fire. And the vamp category is pretty pretty sexy, pretty risky, quite edgy. Um, And this basically was a double push-up that gives you a nice swell, nice pitch. And it had super high shine embroidery on it and like a floral design. And then it had this really cool detail at the underband of rings, like lots of gold rings. So it really looked... Reminded me of like you could imagine a dancer wearing it, and when you walk, it was like jingle. Oh my god, I love that! It felt felt pretty special. That was my favorite one that I've designed. Oh my god, Um, but then in our company, so I love the sexy underwear, but then we've actually got a range called Body Bliss, and it's your kind of everyday basic, but it's the most comfortable range you could possibly imagine. So Sometimes I'll wear a sexy bra um, every day just because, you know, I feel confident and empowered wearing that. Mm-hmm. But then if I do just want a comfort bra, body bliss is the go-to. It is amazing. Oh, so good. It's like best of both worlds. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so where can we find out more about bras and things and shop our favourites? So we've actually got um, a blog if you go onto our website. And this is great because it features upcoming content quite often they'll interview the designers and ranges that have just dropped they'll give you some insight into where the design process came from um, and what's special about the range and we get a lot of feedback from our customers that they love this because they get to understand where the project has originated from I love that I love that you know you have a blog and I feel like it's so important with brands to have blogs on their websites I find that I'm always wanting to find out more so I think that's fantastic yeah, our blog's great and like they have, um, you know, they speak to influencers who say what their favourite products are so you can get a kind of insight into, you know, different aesthetics and trends. Um, you also have like reading clubs on it. It's quite versatile. Oh, cute. I love that. <laughs> Gorgeous. Awesome. Well, I'm going to jump into some random questions for you, Emma, if I may. Okay. I'm nervous. No, no, they're fine. So the first one, what's your favourite underwear style? I personally like an underwear style that has no padding in it. So it will just be like a lace cup or an embroidery cup or something because I'm an advocate for natural breast shapes and not necessarily enhancing them or pushing them up. I like having my natural silhouette. So for me, that's the way of dressing my body you know, to make me feel confident, but not to alter the way I look too much. I like that. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> and the second question is, if you could gift anyone something from Bras and Things, who would it be and why? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It'd be Madonna. 
How do you not? <laughs> I'd love to see Madonna in a vamp bar. <laughs> <laughs> I love that too. That would be amazing. And <laughs> what do you wear to bed? Um, well, this might be a little bit X-rated, but I normally just wear a little pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You've got to stay comfy. Yeah. I well, I normally a pair of pants. In winter, we have um, some satin PJs, and I'll just wear the satin bottoms. For some reason, I like to top just a bit if they're more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Oh, amazing. God, I, I love a good satin PJ myself, so I'm totally for that. It's funny because I don't wear many pyjamas to bed but with working from home all I'm wearing is pyjamas at the moment fluffy ones or trackies sweatsuits all sorts I know oh my god I feel like the past 18 months I haven't gotten out of pyjamas myself (laughs) I know it's really it is happening to all of us I know god we need to get back onto wearing like the nicest stuff hopefully soon <laughs> Emma, you have been fabulous. Thank you so much for talking about your journey and all things bras and things. Oh, that was amazing. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking about it. Oh, you're very welcome. Hopefully, we can uh, all go in store soon and check it out. But thank God we have online, right? Exactly. Get on bras and things. Get yourself some new bras, ladies. <laughs> amazing. Thanks, Emma. Thank you. Bye. You have been listening to a Fashion Avenue production hosted by me, Amber Lowther, and produced by me as well. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at Fashion Avenue Podcast. And if you want to follow myself too, at Amber Lowther. Feel free to join the private podcast Facebook group and subscribe to our email newsletter for the latest updates and giveaways. But most importantly, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.